0: This is Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin. This piece, Rachmaninoff's Second Piano Concerto, will not be performed on the Toronto Symphony's concerts this week after not one but two soloists were removed from the program. First, Valentina Lisitza was fired for the nature of her social media comments attacking the Ukrainian government. Then, when the replacement soloist, Stuart Goodyear, became the subject of Internet attacks, the piece was pulled from the program. We spoke today with the Toronto Symphony president, Jeffrey Melanson, who said, among other things, that Lisitza's politics had nothing to do with the cancellation.
1: We had a number of concerns by Torontonians uh, raised starting in December around the offensive and intolerant nature of her tweets Um we are, you know, as you can imagine, an arts organization committed to free speech. Um, the concerns that were raised were not about a political perspective, but were about uh, directly offensive and intolerant comments uh, directed at other human beings. So we uh, we heard that, and over the course of the last four months, there was an increasing chorus of Torontonians who came forward with uh, with similar concerns. We did ask people specifically what tweets they were talking about. We did compile a list. And um, did send those off to the artist to ask for clarification around uh, the words we'd heard a little bit of uh, through the grapevine that she might not manage her own blog or social media and wanted to give her the right uh, to respond to the, uh, the to the tweets. We have a, a seven page document and unfortunately uh, sadly for for us about a week and a half ago or so, she uh, confirmed that these were in fact her words, and uh, we had to make a decision. Uh, we do have a contract provision uh, that allows us to pay an artist their fee and remove them from the program, and uh, we opted to exercise that, tried to do it in a way that was uh, you know, protective of the artist in terms of not you know, publicly discussing any of this, and uh, of course she's uh, chosen to, to turn the story into uh, one for the Twitterverse, so we are now here uh, talking about it more fulsomely.
0: Your original statement said that the cancellation was, and I'm quoting, due to ongoing accusations of deeply offensive language by Ukrainian media outlets. What were the outlets that blew the whistle on her?
1: There were a number of uh, outlets in the Ukraine, of course, that people wouldn't know, Euromaidan, that, uh, that pops things over. The, uh, the initial complaint did come from the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress, which is an, an, an organization that represents uh, Ukrainian Canadians, and they they flagged it. Um, we did not face pressure from either any media outlets or that particular organization, or as has been misrepresented, um, anyone within the community from a donor perspective. This was really our um, capturing a lot of uh, a lot of concern from Torontonians in terms of uh, of some of the offensive and intolerant uh, tweets.
0: And a lot of people agree that these tweets are intolerant and appear. Vulgar, where did it cross the line for the orchestra?
1: Well, you know there is a seven page document we 'd be happy uh, to send that to you. This is the document that we had her review um, Some of the the tweets is one in particular where you 've got a uh, she 's kind of denigrating Ukrainian public school teachers going back to work in uh, traditional outfits and then juxtaposing that with an African tribal ritual and, and commenting on. The inappropriateness of that in Europe. There's uh, a lot of comments around, uh, a lot of reference to Nazism in her uh, in her work. A lot of uh, references as well to um, Ukrainians being feces, and that she you know takes great pleasure in reminding Ukrainians on an ongoing basis of that. So it was really more, and we, you know, I, I don't want to read them all. We've actually been quite careful not to read them crude ones on air. Uh, there is a seven-page list of about uh, 40 tweets um, that are that are really not expressing a political opinion, but rather a, uh, a direct, offensive, uh, sort of intolerant frame around a group of people.
0: You said that you've been monitoring this since December, and she claims that the decision to cancel her contract was made in December. Is that true?
1: That is not true. That is absolutely when was not the decision true. made? <clears throat> the decision was made after she replied to us. We had... Uh, We'd sent this, uh, this seven-page document to her and had asked for her clarification. And after she got back to us and let us know that these were, in fact, her words, we made the decision. So it was the end of March.
0: She's been tweeting like that for quite a while now. Did the Toronto Symphony know nothing about it when she was booked?
1: Uh, we did not. We did not, and certainly it's not. It it, it is not, and will not be our uh, our role and responsibility to screen every artist's uh, Twitter feeds or social media and so on. And she's very prolific, and certainly many of her tweets, while you know politically motivated and so on, do fall into the free speech category easily for us. We have no issue with that. Um, it's more these tweets that are kind of buried in her Twitter feed that are more directly derogatory, offensive, and intolerant that were the issue. So we, we were not aware when we booked her that this was uh, going on until it was flagged in December. I'm totally unaware of uh, the tone of some of this. And we really did take our time in, in terms of speaking with people in Toronto, many community members, Uh, to ensure that this was not a politically motivated decision. We are not taking a side here between Russia and the Ukraine. Of course, we would never do that. Uh, But rather, it was really the the offensive and intolerant nature of the tweets that, that was the issue for us in the end.
0: Some online commentators have, in fact, compared this situation to the Australian opera company that dropped a singer last year when he made an online rant that appeared homophobic, which a lot of people approved of. But the issue with Lasitsa doesn't seem to lend itself to easy conclusions. Some people see it as hate speech. Some people see it as freedom of speech. Do you see a parallel between these two situations?
1: Uh, we certainly didn't think, you know, people have raised it this week. We we, we did not uh, consider that scenario when we made this decision at all. Um, and, it, you know, it, frankly, the TSO has never been in a position like this with, with an artist. And it's in, in our particular case, it is... We're not talking about one tweet. We're talking about uh, many, many, many tweets over a long, a long period of time. Um, I think the issue itself politically is so charged that uh, that people are getting really caught in that in the discussion globally. And whether this is a, a politically motivated move on our part, it is not about her politics. We're not fussed either way if someone says they're pro-Putin. That's you know, it's not our business to tell artists uh, what to believe politically. It's more in the realm of you know, when you start to move out of that free speech territory into like a sort of more of a intolerance zone that really concerns us and you know we live in Toronto which is the world's most ethnically diverse city and when our community rises up with concern about uh about that kind of that kind of language that kind of tone that that is a concern for us and in this particular case because you know while she she uses a false name or uh, uh, an alternative name for the Twitter feed it is at valdasitza uh, and uh, on her Twitter feed and she does intermingle um her political beliefs, some of this offensive and intolerant speech, as well as, uh, you know, representing herself to some degree through this platform. So, you know, we do not believe an artist should inappropriate use their artistic, inappropriate use their artistic uh, notoriety to uh, proliferate speech that is offensive and intolerant. Um, in terms of political persuasion, by all means, you know, people are, are completely free to have whatever political view they, ha- they would like.
0: So you said the Toronto Symphony has never had to do anything like this before canceling a contract under these circumstances?
1: No, this is uh, to the best. I've been I've been CEO for five months, so uh, so you know someone might find that in 1972 something happened that I'm not aware of, but uh, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, that's never happened before. There was uh, some you know, this came up this past week. I guess there were some um, artists who were not renewed back in the '50s. Uh, that people have uh, tied this into, but uh, but yeah, nothing nothing of this of this sort in the the history of the institution.
0: You told the CBC that you are now having a much larger global conversation than you had thought. Really, in the 21st century, you didn't think this was going to be the shot heard round the world.
1: Uh, we didn't, and in fact, you know, the front end of this, we were very very careful. We we had the concerns, as I've articulated them to you. Um, And we wanted to uh, allow the artist some discretion in terms of how we were going to communicate this. And our thought really was to protect her and her career and and, make make an announcement of some sort, which arts organizations do have to substitute artists from time to time, that was mutually agreed upon. This was not about silencing her in any way. And uh, and of course, with with Twitter being what it is, the notion of silencing her, silencing an artist, is a bit of a strange one in that she has free access to express her opinion, as she she has quite a lot this week.
0: The other shoe with this concert dropped last night. Pianist Stuart Goodyear was supposed to perform in place of Lisitza, but then the orchestra decided to drop the piano concerto, the Rachmaninoff, entirely. What yeah, happened?
1: I, I'm absolutely, I'll tell you that story. Stuart is an exceptional musician and a, a favorite son of Toronto and the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. Uh, we had decided to, you know, after things fell apart with, uh, with Valentina last week, to, to move ahead with the program, with, with him in her place. Um, we didn't quite anticipate the nature of a lot of the online conversation, which has been very, very aggressive. Um, and Stuart, of course, wrote a quite a lovely uh, post last night explaining uh, his feelings on this. Uh, it was really felt as the conversation heated up that it really was not fair to him, um, to our maestro, or to our orchestra, to have them try to play this work that Valentino was intended to play here in Toronto this particular week. Um, so the decision was really made more on the basis of artistic integrity, and uh, I think it's the right decision.
0: And whose decision was it ultimately?
1: Uh, we had a lot of conversation internally, so certainly senior management, along with uh, with some of our artistic representatives, so uh, we, it was it was made on that basis. But I really, you know, the, the decision, while you know, disappointing certainly to audiences that love that particular work, we could not put an orchestra and a guest artist and our our music director up on stage uh, in the context of this week's discussions.
0: And did Stuart Goodyear have any part in the decision?
1: We yeah, we did discuss it. And uh, I wasn't—you know—I was in the midst of uh, some interviews yesterday afternoon. But uh, he was—he was involved in the conversation, and we'll we'll certainly, we'll certainly find a way to make make this up to him properly because he he deserves the opportunity to play this work in a context that's not like this one.
0: Because he wrote on Facebook about how he was being bullied and that he'd been put into this position that he knew nothing about.
1: As you can imagine, I, I am definitely sympathetic to that. We were until we were basically we'd finalized the arrangements with uh, Miss Luzica, we were not in a position to be speaking to other artists about stepping in, um, so he, it was very late in the game um, that he was locked down to present this work, and you know certainly the circumstances that were created this week for him, which you know certainly we didn't necessarily create the online communications and uh, the various different uh, attacks that have been out there uh, that he 's faced. Uh, we do bear some responsibility at the orchestra uh, for the conditions, so we've we've decided it's really unfair, again for him, for music director, for the orchestra to be to be put into that context.
0: A Toronto Star editorial suggested that Lisitsa's enemies could now risk turning her into a martyr for artistic freedom. What do you say to that?
1: Well, that's certainly the angle that uh, that she's um, presenting and going for, and. Uh, I think that's unfortunate. I you know, we definitely live in a world with with media to some degree shrinking traditional media and the growth of, you know, self-curated uh, social media where the you know, global discourse around any key issue is a lot more fractured than it used to be a lot more d- democratic in many ways, which is a positive, but in contexts like this, uh, unfortunately, the global agenda is driven by many people online who may or may not be affiliated or may or may not even exist in some cases you know there's twitter feeds that have been bombarding us the last few days where there's very few followers and so on so um unfortunately it it, you know the the criticism is a fair one um in terms of whether we gave her a platform to make her case even more public Um, that being said i I do think you know given the nature of the offensive and intolerant nature of the tweets um we we did what we had to do
0: well thank you very very much
1: i appreciate it thank you